0: During the early phase of its counter-offensive, Ukraine has managed to retake a couple of villages in Zaporizhia and Donetsk oblast, as well as to expand control of flanks around Bakhmut. The struggle for strategic success goes on. You're listening to the podcast Explaining Ukraine. Explaining Ukraine is a podcast by Ukraine World, a website in English about Ukraine, My name is Volodymyr Yermolenko. I'm Chief Editor of Ukraine World. I'm joined by my colleagues Anastasia Heresemchuk and Maxim Panchenko, journalists and analysts at Ukraine World. This is our episode covering the events during the past week in and around Ukraine from the 9th of June until 16th of June 2023. We are going to talk about Ukrainian counteroffensive, about Russia continued shelling of Ukrainian cities, about uh, a Rammstein format meeting, which discusses the supplies of arms to Ukraine and many other different things. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. Before we start, let me remind you that you can support us on Patreon, patreon.com ukraineworld Ukraine World. Maxim and Nastya, thank you so much for joining this conversation. Let me ask you to uh, elaborate what the topics we are going to discuss and let me address Maxim Panchenko. What are, in our opinion, in yours and Nastya's opinion, seven key events and trends around Ukraine this week?
1: Hello, thank you. So, the couple of topics I would like to dwell on today would be, of course, the massive uh, shellings that have been continued for the past uh, week uh, on Ukrainian cities. Uh, also, we're going to discuss the situation on the front lines, how the counteroffensive offensive is going we also are going to touch upon the um, uh, latest Rammstein meeting that uh, took place uh, only yesterday, what it has brought to the table of Ukraine's counteroffensive. And also we're going to uh, talk about the perspectives of Russia's another act of terrorism in northern Crimea, similar to the one that uh, that has happened uh, near around the Kohovka Dam explosion. And I also know that Nastya is also going to present some of the topics, so over to her
2: hello and thank you. Um, we also want to pay attention to such an important topic uh, of the consequences of the Russian attack on Kakhovka Dam. The consequences are still uh, present, so we will talk about what is going on in Kherson region and around now. And another uh, news that warrants attention is the visit of uh, African leaders to Kiev today. Uh, We will talk about the uh, intentions and possible consequences. And uh, it is also very important to pay attention to uh, the psychological state of Ukrainian warriors. So we will share uh, some insights from the military psychologist we talked with about it.
0: Thank you, Maxim and Nastya. Let let me address to this uh, issue of, of shelling. We are discussing it practically every every time that uh, we are on this podcast of course Russia con- Russia continues to shell Ukrainian cities and just uh, a few moments ago maybe a few hours ago there was another big shelling so maxim can you uh, elaborate on that what happened during the past week in particular we, today we are talking about kyiv as well but earlier we have uh, uh, we should focus on odessa and kryvyi
1: Yes, so indeed, basically, Russia is carrying on with its, uh, not just tactics, but strategy of intimidating the civilian population in Ukraine. Uh, We previously talked in this podcast that during uh, the May the month of May alone, Russia carried out uh, 15 to 17, is to the best of my recollection, uh, attacks uh, on Ukrainian cities, primarily on Kyiv. And this is what continues to happen. During the last week, there has been a number of shellings, the biggest of which have been on Kriveyrych on 13th of June and uh, on Odessa the, ne- the next night. The shelling of um, of Kriveyrych uh, left uh, 12 people, killed, including a 17-year-old child, uh, well, teenager. And uh, the shelling of Odessa left another three dead and 13 wounded, and it should be particular attention should be paid to the fact that as usually these challenges were carried out against the civilian infrastructure the regular residential buildings which by the way explains why civilian civilian people uh, died and children died in many of these instances and not the military people uh, and yes indeed as you have uh, noticed uh, today and this was not just during the night but also in the morning Russia carried out number missile attack on Kyiv, which happened against the backdrop of the visit of the African delegation to to Kyiv. So it could be kind of a message. But this is something we're going to discuss further down the road.
0: Yes, it's a typical Russian strategy to shell uh, Kyiv or to shell Ukraine when there are big guests in Ukraine. And of of course, this is also a sign of this Russian missile diplomacy, Let's, let's call it very sarcastically. Uh, Kryvyi Rih is indeed in the epicenter right now of of our attention. Uh, we have seen shellings by the way. There is a podcast that we have made a few months ago about Krivirich. You can you can listen to it. Uh, we have traveled there. It's it's a very interesting um place to be. Also the town of President Zelensky, his his hometown. But um important thing that there was not so much shelling of Kreverik before now we see that uh, they are they are happening quite often over the past week and uh, uh, as usual Russians uh, seem to be target the big uh, big uh, uh, big buildings for example that the, the, the Probably they suspect that Ukrainian military might be there, which uh, very often is not the case, but they miss. And it is very often that they miss the targets, sometimes hundreds of meters, sometimes even more. And then, therefore, they target actually residential buildings. And therefore, we have uh, the this number of death, of these tragic events. Another element of Krivirich is that it suffered enormously from the Russian terrorist act. Against the Kahofka Dam, against the uh, the Kahofka Water Reserve, uh, because there is a channel that connects Krivirich uh, the, the the channel of water that connects Krivirich from the Kahofka water reserve, and we know that in Rih there are many enterprises in, in, including the famous Krivorich star, the Arcelor enterprise, which produces a lot of a lot of steel has produced actually because Now there is a big question whether Krivirich as an industrial city will uh, survive without the big amount uh, of water that it actually needs. Let me uh, address Nastya and let me ask you about uh, to continue this topic of Kachov Kadam because we we actually uh, follow this topic, of course, very closely and we understand, uh, as we said earlier, that there will be long-term consequences and we just try to figure out what they will be. So what are the developments around uh, this tragedy and this crime, Nastya?
2: There are many topics to be covered here. And if we talk about the Kherson uh, region itself, uh, the water level is gradually getting lower, but uh, 17 towns and villages are still flooded in Kherson Oblast, which is uh, 1,649 households. If we talk about the and just- Regions. In total, there are 54 cities and uh, towns and villages flooded, if we take into account Mykolaiv and Dnipropetrovsk Oblast as well. Um, The most difficult situation is still on the left bank of uh, Dnipro River in Kherson Oblast. So we can say that situation is critical there uh, regarding the uh, level of damage, regarding the absence of evacuation activities, so people are dying there without help. And Russians uh, keep filtration actions and they do not let people out from damaged uh, areas. And there was also news from that part of Kherson region that those Ukrainians who didn't get Russian passports are not allowed to leave uh, the damaged areas. And even uh, for the aim to rescue their lives uh, in order to get the Russian passport. Ukrainians still need to leave this area. So Russians keep killing and torturing Ukrainians uh, who are under occupation. Um, it is important to uh, pay attention to the Parisian NPP uh, issue here as well. For now, the situation is stable, and according to the last measurements, uh, the level of water in cooling uh, Basins and cooling pools uh, of the NPP remain sufficient to cool the uh, reactors. So uh, for now, there are not so many reasons to be worried about the um, the catastrophe which can be which can happen by itself without like Russian additional actions. Um, you, Volodya, you mentioned also some uh, important critical factors. Uh, which are located in Dnipropetrovsk region and in Kherson itself. And that's true that there are problems with water supply and the uh, functioning of these factories are under uh, a threat. And there are also uh, problems with uh, water supply for people, like centralized water supply there. However, the government is taking actions to, um, to improve the situation and now the building of Ingulets Canal, uh, is going on, and there are hopes that it will help at least um, provide water to people. But uh, of course, it takes time to uh, build it and to put it into action. Uh, Thank if them. we talk about, yeah, I, I also wanted to mention some uh, environmental issues, just very briefly. Go if ahead. we talk about the water pollution. Um, The pollutants have been actively getting to the Black Sea, unfortunately. And currently, uh, along the shore of the Black Sea, you can see that the water is green because of cyanobacteria. And there are also microorganisms that cause uh, intense shell infections. So it's very important to be careful while using this water. And it's not allowed to eat fish caught from there.
0: Thank you, Nastya. Thank you for this uh, very gloomy picture, for portraying this um, adequately. And uh, we see indeed these environmental consequences, which are very, very long term and very, very dire. Maxim, uh, let me ask about the situation on the front line. This is something we began from. Ukraine actually has some successes on the front line, but how significant they are?
1: Well, indeed. So the situation in the front line is that uh, now is the active phase of the warfare after some uh, still, so to say, more or less month. And uh, evidently, uh, what is generally dubbed as Ukrainian counteroffensive has begun, uh, even though these are the very early stages of it from what can be gathered. Uh, The major, geographically, the major points uh, on the map are... Uh, the um, south of Donetsk Oblast, where is there is the border between the Donetsk and Zaporizhia Oblast, but this still is Donetsk Oblast, uh, where Ukrainian forces are trying to go, uh, southwards. Uh, and of course, there are the flanks of, uh, Bakhmut. In both places, uh, Ukrainian, uh, armed forces have, uh, some territorial gains. Uh, that, uh, however, are limited to uh, several kilometers or maybe 10, 15 kilometers when it comes to the Donetsk Oblast in the south. Uh, however, what one needs to understand now is that uh, looking at the map and looking at the changes in the map every other day may not be the best strategy to evaluate the uh, success of the uh, of the counter-offensive because... Uh, Generally speaking, uh, what Ukraine is now trying to do is to um, contribute to there being a moment when uh, the back of the camel of Russian forces, so to say, will be broken. So we're trying to exhaust their forces, we're trying to make them exhaust their uh, reserves and to employ them quicker than Ukraine has to do. And so this is kind of a strategic game, and for the time being, it's about... Uh, it's about that game and not about the specific uh, names, titles of villages uh, or cities across the front. So that is that is it in a nutshell.
0: Right. And we should also understand that the villages that you have, Ukraine has retaken are actually the first line of, of the Russian defense and there are other lines as well. And, and therefore... Uh, uh, it might be indeed a very long process, but uh, something is going on, really. Something is going on, and this is very important. Uh, let, let us talk about diplomacy. So you mentioned already that there was a visit of African, the delegation of the African countries to Ukraine. Uh, can you el- elaborate about this? Oh, no. the floor is yours.
2: The leaders of several African states arrived uh, in Kyiv today. These are leaders of South Africa, um, Senegal, Zambia, and Comoro Islands. Uh, there are no sufficient details about uh, the uh, peace plan they have brought with them. So uh, um, clearly, their aim here is to present their vision of how the war can be ended. And as we know, the African states um, are influenced by Russia uh, to a great extent, and they are one of those sides who want to the war end as soon as possible because of these economic consequences Uh, for them. uh, The sanctions imposed against Russia um, are. Uh, have negative effects for um, some African states economies and it's also connected with the food security. That's why uh, some African leaders consider it to be possible to um, propose the peace plan and to make the sides um, embark on negotiations. Um, however, um, they are also going to visit Russia tomorrow, so they are planning their meetings with Russian officials in St. Peter's, Petersburg tomorrow. But I think that today's attack uh, on Kiev while the delegation was there should be quite telling for these leaders about the real Russian Russia's face. So it's not about just economic uh, inf- consequences, etc. And uh, if you want to... Uh, improve your situation if you want to secure food security. It's uh, not a matter of negotiations, actually, with Russia. It's about um, punishing the guilty. So, um, unfortunately, there are not so many details about their proposals. Uh, Hopefully, the information will be available later, and we will see how the meetings in Russia will uh, go on. Uh, But... um, It's also important to pay attention on the positive side, Uh, even though the so-called peace plan proposed by African uh, countries can be so controversial and some uh, things are not acceptable by Ukraine, for sure. uh, It is important that Africa and Ukraine, African-Ukrainian ties are getting uh, built. So it's not only about Ukraine pay t- paying attention to the African continent now, but it's also about Africans remembering that there is Ukraine and that Ukraine is not a part of Russia anymore, and it wasn't. I mean, uh, not anymore in their understanding.
0: And let's not forget that Africa is not a country, it's a continent, uh, very plural, very diverse, and there are different countries also with different visions on on that. And indeed, it's very important that Ukraine actually starts this dialogue. Uh, Let me, uh, Maxim, address you with a question about Rammstein. So what's happening on this famous already uh, military gathering, which is quite regular and which discusses what arms Ukraine needs and um, how uh, how fast these arms can be delivered.
1: So indeed, yesterday was uh, the... 13th already uh, meeting in the Ramstein format, and around 50 countries, as reported by Ukraine's uh, defense minister who partook in the meeting, uh, took uh, part in it. And indeed, uh, well, generally, this Ramstein meeting was in line with the uh, previous topics that w- had been discussed uh, during the previous meetings in Ramstein, So primarily the reinforcement of Ukrainian uh, air defense and also the plane coalition, the so-called plane coalition. And of course, the replenishment of Ukraine's uh, ammunition stock against the backdrop of the losses that Ukraine. Uh, is evidently uh, bearing in the front lines because of the counter-offensive and that way of the more uh, heated warfare, so to say. So, uh, when it comes to specificities, uh, there have been several countries, uh, including the Netherlands and Denmark, that have reported on the progress in the preparation of Ukrainian pilots for the use of F-16s. So, we can uh, more or less conclude uh, that uh, these will be the countries that are going to be the core of the Western effort to uh, train and to prepare Ukrainian pilots for that kind of uh, machines uh, also uh, there have been there has been a particular emphasis on uh, on the Ukrainian air defense and the uh, four countries including Denmark the United Kingdom the Netherlands again and the US uh, have agreed to jointly provide hundreds of additional ammunition of, of rockets uh, for the existing air defense uh, in ukraine uh, for ukraine to be able not just to replenish its exhausted exhausted stockpiles because of russian showings of the cities but also to be able to prepare their frontline component of their air defense systems for the counter offensive because we also need to understand that much of ukraine's uh, air defense is concentrated along the front lines not just defending ukrainian civilians so that is why ukraine needs so much of that and uh, of course uh, there have been uh, there have been a- uh, announcements of additional Financial assistance packages, uh, assistance packages for uh, for Ukraine for the years to come on the part of several uh, several Western uh, partners of Ukraine, and also uh, to crown it all, from what I heard, and I'm not sure if this was just a coincidence in time or whether this indeed was uh, said during the Rammstein meeting, but uh, Ukraine is going to reportedly receive another five to six. Uh, patriot systems by the end of this year. Uh, may I remind you, listeners, that uh, as for the time being, Ukraine only has two um, systems, Patriot systems uh, here in Ukraine, but they still have already become the game changers because they have been the first weapon with which Ukraine can shoot down the ballistic missiles fired at Ukrainian territory. So that being multiplied by four, uh, meaning six additional systems, is going, of course, to uh, to become a major addition to Ukraine's capacities.
0: But let us forget that uh, patriots are indeed very crucial, but they cannot right now protect all the Ukrainian territory. And when we are talking about other big cities like Dnipro or Kharkiv, uh, they are much less protected right now. Uh, Patriots protect Kiev, and this is very good. And the uh, majority of missiles, including the ballistic missiles, as today we have seen, uh, are flying over Kiev, are actually being uh, indeed downed, including by Patriot systems. But it's not like you cover all the sky uh, over the big and vast Ukrainian territory. Maxim, let me also ask about this topic about Krimsky Titan this uh, factory which according to some rumors can be also exploded by the russians which can uh, also provide for a major environmental disaster what can you say about this
1: well yes so basically there have been reports by ukraine's intelligence that russians are uh, mining uh, the premises and the buildings of the Crimean Titan um, plant, which is situated in Armensk. If the listeners will look at the map, uh, they will see that it is not just in the northern part of Crimea, but uh, on the very way from the mainland Ukraine to Crimean Peninsula. So, except uh, um, uh, what I mean. In addition to this uh, being potentially another disaster, technological disaster, this would also be a means with which uh, Russians would um, purportedly uh, try to stop Ukrainian armed forces when they approach that territory in the south of mainland Ukraine. Uh, so these uh, reports by Ukrainian intelligence they testify to several different um, things. First of all, Russia is not going to stop using at using any uh, means in its arsenal, if even if it means creating technological disasters in order to first intimidate or second, to stop Ukrainian forces when they approach the southern territories. Uh, That's the first. And second, we can see the pattern here, because Russia has been provoking the world with militarizing the Zaporizhia NPP for the last year. Everybody knows that Russia has stockpiles of ammunition and heavy weaponry there, heavy machinery there. Uh, Russia has uh, proven its insanity, basically, with what it has it has done in the uh, what we discussed in the previous episode with uh, the Kakhovka uh, hydropower plant dam, and so this would be the next episode in this series, and uh, we can see uh this is basically another good clue and good explanation to for the world to understand why Ukraine why Russia cannot be pacified while it needs to be stopped because Russia will not uh stop with Kharkovka or you know or at any other stage it will still try to exploit uh, technological catastrophes uh, to, uh, for military warfare but also for propaganda and this is a never ending story except for if Russia is defeated in the front lines so that is a very good argument for further support for Ukraine
0: indeed indeed, and uh, the, the more Russia is stable militarily the more it has the troops on Ukrainian territory the more environmental disasters we can actually expect uh, unfortunately in the coming weeks or months, and the last topic uh, for today, we will try to go a little bit away from the news this week. And uh, we actually studied the topic of the psycho-emotional st- state of the Ukrainian military. Anastasia Heresimchuk has worked on this topic. She talks with uh, uh, with relevant uh, experts. So, Nastya, can you elaborate on this? What are the challenges in this field? Uh, what uh, what are the maybe the issues of psycho emotional rehabilitation of the Ukrainian military?
2: The psychological health of Ukraine's defenders is a critical issue for for the country, and uh, I had a chance to discuss this topic with Andriy Kazinchuk, who is a military psychologist, and he works directly at the front line with Ukrainian soldiers. So um, regarding the Psycho uh, emotional state of Ukrainian warriors uh, it is possible to say for sure that they are highly motivated, they are confident in their actions, they are no, they know what they are doing, they know their tasks, and they are willing to fulfill these tasks. But there is the problem of general fatigue, uh, so many uh, soldiers uh, haven't been rotated for a really long time. Uh, and they are all human beings and they need to have rest. So that is a big problem, the general fatigue of war. Uh, there are so many talks about the PTSD risks um, and uh, people say that it can be possible that PTSD can become widespread phenomenon in Ukraine. However, uh, our expert told that it's too premature to talk about it now, because PTSD is exactly a post-war problem. Uh, Moreover, there are no negative, there is no negative prognosis regarding the incidence of PTSD in Ukraine. And here the motivation is of uh, the biggest importance, because Ukrainian warriors, they uh, know why they are fighting, and it's a really big, big uh, thing to prevent the PTSD. of course there will be cases of uh, this disorder but most probably it will not have this widespread nature and uh like w- why we know about such problem why people can be afraid of it it's because we know the aftermath of wars in Afghanistan, of Vietnam, where Soviet soldiers or American soldiers were heavily affected, but the issue is that the context was different, and they were fighting in different country, and sometimes the purposes of their actions were not clear for them themselves. Uh, so for Ukraine, um, it um, maybe it will not be such a big issue. Uh, currently, um, soldiers may experience some symptoms that can be similar to PTSD, uh, but they are actually like acute reactions on stress. Uh, Nothing more than that. And um, regarding the demands of Ukrainian soldiers, the problems they uh, turn to psychologists with, um, it, it, it's really, uh, interesting. They are turning to psychologists, not mostly with fear problems or problems connected to stress. Uh, the biggest concern of Ukrainian warriors in general is the feeling of uselessness. They are so afraid of being useless. And it's very uh, acute exactly for those warriors, for those soldiers who were wounded and uh, who cannot keep working on the front line. That's why the psychologists are busy with explaining uh, these warriors that they are um, important in every aspect of life. And even if they are not uh, at the front line anymore, they can be useful in any area. It's a home front. So the main message uh, the society needs to show, uh, to uh, transmit to warriors and the psychologists are doing it. We should say the warriors that we need them. It's very important for them. Mm -hmm. And of course, ordinary human problems are not aligned to them. So they have family issues uh, inside the unit's problems. So they also work with that.
0: Indeed, it's, it's very important, and that's very important, this message uh, of the society to our warriors. The PTSD that Anastasia mentioned, the post-traumatic uh, syndrome disorder, is indeed uh, something which is, uh, should be taken care of. And uh, lots of, lots of things, uh, but Ukrainian society is, I'm sure, is strong to overcome all of them. Uh, This was a podcast explaining Ukraine by ukraineworld.org, a website in English about Ukraine. Ukraine World is brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. This was our weekly overview. We talked about major events in and around Ukraine from the 9th of June until 16th of June 2023. Uh, I was joined by my colleagues, Maxim Panchenko and Anastasia Herasimchuk, uh, journalist and, uh, and analyst at Ukraine World. My name is Volodymyr Yermol, I'm Ukrainian philosopher and the chief editor of Ukraine World. You can support us on patreon.comslash uh, Ukraine World. Uh, your support really helps us to do our work better and better. Patreon.comslash Ukraine World. Stay with us and stand with Ukraine.